Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Believe in Tiger Woods on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Cam Rogers. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? It is U.S. Open Week. We go out west to Pebble Beach for the third, yes, third major championship on the schedule here in 2019. Tiger Woods getting ready for major number 16 on the old resume. We'll see if he can get it done, and I will tell you if he will get it done later in the program. Folks, this is the only podcast dedicated to the GOAT of the PGA Tour. This is a Pro 19 Majors podcast. We are going for Jack's record. You know this. I know this. Be sure to hit me up on social media on Twitter at MrRogers99, on the gram at MrRogers98 to follow along with my analysis on the U.S. Open and the tournaments to follow here on the PGA Tour schedule. A lot to get through here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start things off with a brief overview of Pebble Beach, what it's like, how it should shake out throughout the week. I'll go through my own personal power rankings, except the number one name on the list, because, of course, that would reveal who I have winning at Pebble Beach. I will not reveal that until later in the program, so I'm going to make you stick around a little bit. Then I really get into Tiger and what his chances are to hoist the trophy on Sunday evening. If you are on the East Coast, you are going to get some primetime golf, of course, with the tournament taking place out there in Monterey Peninsula. Well, we're going by Pacific time, and the tournament will likely wrap up somewhere around... 9.30, 10 o'clock, something along those lines, I would think. I'm trying to think back to the U.S. Open at Olympic out there in San Francisco back in 2012, and I think that's when the tournament wrapped up around that 9.30 mark. Webb Simpson, of course, winning the tournament that year. All right, so let's get into it. By the way, before we do, actually, I want you guys all to please leave a review. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think about the show. I certainly want to accommodate the listeners of the program. I have gotten some really great reviews so far, and I really do appreciate it. I'm sure you guys are just being nice, but whatever I do... Certainly take into account all criticism slash praise about the program, so keep hitting me up. All right, so here we go. Pebble Beach Golf Links, par 71, just a shade over 7,000 yards. Poa Greens, so some similar courses. Think about Riviera, TPC Sawgrass, Torrey Pines. These are the types of courses that are similar to Pebble Beach. The calling card of this golf course, by the way, is just how freaking small these greens are. So the PGA Tour average, in terms of green size, is about 6,500 square feet. For Pebble Beach, we're about 3,500 square feet on average. That is a very stark difference to the average in terms of the PGA Tour overall. 
So obviously you want an emphasis on your iron game, but at the same time, it's a U.S. Open. You're going to make bogeys. You have to prevent double bogeys. So in that vein, you got to have the scrambling working out pretty darn well. The three-putt avoidance, that is another thing that I'm really staring at this week in terms of who could be a contender at this tournament. Let's take a look at the forecast now at Pebble. 62 to 64 degrees on the Monterey Peninsula. That's very typical even for this time of year. You have the seacoast, of course. You have that wind coming off the water. Should be partly cloudy skies all week. Wind around 10 miles per hour, but that can change. We know how that goes, especially at the British Open, which we will talk about next month at Royal Portrush. So... Throughout my research here for the U.S. Open, I really like to zone in on who has the major championship pedigree, specifically on American soil. So we're not talking about the British Open, because I think that major can kind of stand alone. But if you combine the Masters, the PGA Championship, and the U.S. Open, which golfers perform the best and perform the best most recently. So here is the average score and the leaders in this category for the last 10 majors in the United States. Number one, by no surprise, is Brooks Kepka. He's going for a three-peat at the U.S. Open, winning at Aaron Hills back in 2017, and then winning at Shinnecock just last year. Brooks Kepka is far and away ahead of the next person on this list. So Brooks is the only guy in the 60s. He's at 69.19. Number two on the list, Dustin Johnson, 70.16. There's Tiger at number three, 70.31. And if you actually incorporated Carnoustie last year, the Open Championship, his average would probably be all that much better. So Tiger at three. Who's at four? Ricky Fowler followed by Jordan Spieth, who all of the sudden has found his game. He has three straight top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour. Then you have Justin Thomas. Watch out for him this week. Hideki Matsuyama, you guys have heard me talk about him before. I even picked him to win the Masters. And then, of course, didn't end up doing that. That was Tiger. Did play well at the Memorial Tournament, though, so that is some good vibes right there for Hideki. Jason Day, next on the list, 70.78. Francesco Molinari, and then Patrick Reed at 70.84. What is the common denominator with all of these guys? Well, obviously, Brooks has won plenty of majors. Dustin Johnson has been on that first page many times. Tiger Woods is the Masters champion. Ricky Fowler, you could make the argument, the best player on tour who has yet to win a major. Jordan Spieth probably is high on this list, not because of his recent play in 2019 at the majors, but especially in 2015 and 2016. You have Hideki, who is just so good tee to green. I don't think there is a course that is a bad setup for him. Jason Day, same deal with him. He is very consistent in terms of the major championships. And then Francesco, of course, he won at Carnoustie last year. Patrick Reed winning the Masters a year ago. So that kind of inflates his score. Okay. As I continued this research here, found a really interesting article from bettingfair.com. 
that looked at many different statistical and historical trends about the U.S. Open, and I think you guys will find this really interesting. They used all of these trends to find a projected winner, and I'm going to go through them bullet by bullet real quick. So here are the conditions to win the U.S. Open in 2019. Age 32 or younger, ranked in the world's top 30, played in at least three U.S. Opens, has had a top 20 in a U.S. Open. That's kind of important, yes. Posted a top three earlier in the year. So are you coming in with good form? Made the top eight in one of previous three starts. So even more specific to coming in with good form. Made the cut at the previous major. Now, normally that would be the Masters, of course, with the whole schedule change. Now it is the PGA Championship. Has won on American soil. This is interesting. Over 20 to 1 in the betting. So, in other words, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, all of these names are out the window because they have higher odds than 20 to 1. Rory McIlroy, who just won at the RBC Canadian Open, he's off the list because of that condition. And then finally, isn't playing the week before Pebble. Now, the reasoning behind that is you need your mental game sharp for the U.S. Open, and if you are coming off a grueling tournament per se, that could be tough for you going into your nation's championship, if you are American, of course. So I guess that is another condition that would eliminate Rory McIlroy because he played last week at the Canadian Open. He absolutely blew out the field. So that's the tough thing about golf sometimes and predicting things. Like, coming off a win, you would think, okay, Rory should be a contender, but if you go by these conditions here, eh, maybe not. So... The formula spat out two players, just two, that fall in line with these conditions. Their names are the following. Hideki Matsuyama, number one, and number two is the multi-major champion himself, Jordan Spieth. So, you betters out there, you DraftKings players, FanDuel, whatever the case, stare at Jordan Spieth and stare at Hideki Matsuyama as some really good leverage plays for the U.S. Open. Both guys coming in with really good form. All right, let's get to my U.S. Open power rankings. Here we go. Number one on the list, I ain't going to tell you. I'll tell you at the end of the program. Number two, though, is Dustin Johnson. Statistically, he is there. Recent form is there. In fact, I kind of like how he did not finish inside the top 10 at the RBC Canadian Open. That nice little top 30 finish is good enough for me. All right? I like that. That's okay. And then, of course, he has really good history at Pebble Beach. So factor all of that together. And at the beginning of the week, I actually thought Dustin Johnson was going to be my pick to win. Not to be. I actually changed it over to this guy, Jordan Spieth, at number three on my list. Obviously, I changed from him as well. But obviously, you can go to my conditions that I talked about and that bettingfair.com talked about. He falls in line with those three straight top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour. Now, normally, that would scare me. 
If you are a loyal listener of the podcast, you know that I am a believer in regression to the mean, and I think that typically golfers will bounce back a little bit, or at least fall back in terms of the standings after coming off a few top tens just because golf is so volatile. Not Jordan Spieth. He's a guy that can get hot and just continue to roll. So that's why I have him there at number three. Got to give this guy credit, respect, all of that. Brooks Kepka, he's at number four on my list. Obvious reasons. He is the best major championship contender on the PGA Tour right now. I did not have him inside my top ten heading into the PGA. That bit me in the freaking butt. I'm not doing that again. Brooks at number four. Number five, one of my favorites, Hideki Matsuyama. Like I said, T2 green game is absolutely elite. His irons are fantastic. His driver is great. His putter is the main concern. But as I have talked about on this very program, putting can be very volatile. And if Hideki has a hot flat stick week, watch out for him at Pebble. So he's there at number five. Number six on this list is Jason Day. And you might think this is a bit of a weird selection, especially considering the guy has missed the last few cuts at the U.S. Open, which is sort of odd. But if you go before that, Jason Day has a slew of top 15 finishes at this event. So in that vein, I think he gets back to that sort of play not the play from the last couple of years at the U.S. Open. So Jason Day, why? He's so good with his scrambling, so good with his putter, short game is fantastic, and that's what you need here at the U.S. Open. Save yourself from those doubles. Number seven, Paul Casey, premier driver of the golf ball. Simple as that. He has contended at majors before, and that withdrawal in his recent start, on the PGA Tour was a bit of a concern, but I think he is okay. So Paul Casey there at number seven. He's not going to win, but he certainly could get a top 10 finish by the time Sunday evening is over. Number eight, here he is, Tiger Woods. Now, I will go in depth about Tiger in terms of why I am not picking him to win this tournament, but as we stand right now in terms of my power rankings in this segment here, I will say that I have my short game and wedge shot concerns about Tiger Woods, especially from the 50 to 125-yard range. And you may be like, Cam, what the hell is wrong with you? That is way too specific of a stat to really be concerned about. I'll tell you why it should be a concern for you guys coming up later. Tiger at 8. Number 9, watch out for him. Henrik Stenson, the Swede, the winner at Royal Troon, at the Open Championship a few years ago. I like him a lot. His approach game is really getting on point. He is 10th in the field in strokes gained approach. I actually thought he had a good chance at winning the RBC Canadian Open heading into that tournament. Obviously, that did not happen, but he played pretty darn well. I think that carries over here at Pebble Beach. Henrik Stenson, one of the more consistent ball strikers on tour. Number 10, Rory McIlroy. I have my concerns, though. Maybe some mental fatigue coming across the country to the West Coast and playing a U.S. Open off a big-time victory at the RBC Canadian Open. Is he going to have a bit of a hangover? 
All right, that's the thing with Rory here at number 10. But let me tell you, a guy who is playing so fantastic this year, and I don't think we're really talking about him enough because we are talking about Tiger and Dustin and Brooks. But Rory, when he is on, he blows you out of the water. All you have to go to is the 2011 U.S. Open at Congressional, which was one of the most boring golf tournaments to watch solely because Rory blew out everybody else in that field. So to recap, we have Anonymous at number one, Dustin Johnson at number two, Jordan Spieth at three, Brooks at four, Hideki Matsuyama at number five, Jason Day checks in at number six, then you have Paul Casey, there's Tiger at number eight, Henrik at number nine, and then McElroy at number ten. All right. Let's talk about Tiger. Teeing off at 5.09 Thursday evening Eastern Time with Justin Rose and Jordan Spieth. All right, and then he tees off at 11.24 Eastern Time on Friday morning. So if you look at Tiger's stats, they're pretty encouraging, I will say. On the surface, if you're not drilling down too much, greens and regulation, number one on tour. Strokes gained approach, number 13. Strokes gained tee to green, 9. Strokes gained around the green, 8th. So, you may be thinking to yourselves, what the hell is wrong with you, Cam? Why are you not picking our dude, Tiger Woods, to win this tournament? Here is my main concern. It's not anything statistical. It's how body-dependent Tiger Woods is and environmentally dependent, if you will. You don't know how he's going to feel by the time the Thursday tea time comes around. And by the way, if you guys disagree with me on this, go ahead and spat off on Twitter, on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Because obviously I want Tiger Woods to win this tournament. But at the same time, I have to be realistic and talk about my concerns. I'll give you guys an example. PGA Championship. Tiger fell sick. He couldn't go through the proper process to get his body ready. What happens? He misses the cut. Go to the Memorial Tournament. What happens? Well, everything falls his way. He's healthy. He can go through the proper warm-up. That takes like three and a half hours. And he finishes tied for ninth. So, we've seen both sides of it so far this year. The good, the Masters, and the Memorial, and the bad the PGA Championship, which one are we going to get? Is Tiger Woods going to wake up on Thursday on a cold, likely cold, day at Pebble Beach and not be ready? I don't know, and that's the point. There's an element of unknown here to Tiger in terms of his health, and we know how the U.S. Open can ruin your chances in a matter of, like, two holes. Like, triple, triple, you're done. Triple, double, you're done. Sometimes double, double, you're done. It's just how it is. So that's the first thing I want to point at, is how environmentally dependent Tiger Woods is at 43 years old. Now, all conditions perfect, I think he can be on that first page of the leaderboard. That's why he's in my top 10 power rankings. So I'm not saying that this guy is going to miss the cut. I'll give you my prediction in a few moments. The next point of concern 
is his wedge game from 50 to 125 yards. Now, why did I pick that range? Well, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Pebble Beach is not a very long course. It's just a shade over 7,000 yards. So this is not playing like a big ballpark. Which means Tiger Woods and the rest of the field will have some wedgy type of shots into the greens. And 50 to 125 yards is likely to be a common range for these guys. So if you go off of that logic, Tiger Woods is going to struggle because in terms of proximity to the hole from that distance, he is 130th on tour. His iron game, by the way, from like 175 yards and out is spectacular. But he's not playing the Open Championship. He's not going to have those type of shots here at Pebble. So that's another point here that I want to really focus on. And then finally, historically speaking, you have to go back nine years for the last time Tiger Woods actually finished inside the top 10 at the U.S. Open. 2018, he missed the cut. Did not play in 17 or 16. Missed the cut in 2015. Did not play in 2014. 32nd at the Marion course in 2013, playing partner Justin Rose won that one. 2012, he was 21st, did not play in 2011, and then finally in 2010, of course at Pebble Beach, he finished tied for fourth. So it's been a while for Tiger Woods in terms of contending at this major. And maybe at this new stage of his career, he's not going to contend at many U.S. Opens. That's very possible, and that's okay, because he's going to contend at plenty of Masters and plenty of Open Championships, that I can tell you. Okay, all of that said, my prediction for Tiger Woods, tied for 25th. He'll make the weekend, he'll float around maybe on Saturday, but again, the environment concerns me. So I think, you know, he'll finish fine, I'm sure the stats will be okay with his irons and all of that, but maybe a few too many double bogeys, and that would be the end of that. So tied for 25th at the U.S. Open, and then we look ahead to Port Rush at the Open Championship, the British Open, out across the pond. A tournament that I am telling you right now, he will win. All right, so I'm not going to stray away from that prediction. I'm going to stick with it. So, who will win the U.S. Open in 2019? Who is number one on my power rankings? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know the answer. Justin Thomas. Reasoning? Here you go. Has made three consecutive cuts at the U.S. Open, tied for ninth in 2017 at Aaron Hills, coming off a tied-for-20th finish at the Memorial, with no concern, by the way, about that wrist injury. He's fine. He is fifth on tour in both strokes gained total and strokes gained T2 green. I like that. He's 7th in strokes gained approach in the last 34 measured rounds this season. And that's 7th within the field, by the way. Justin Thomas leads the tour by breaking par on 27.54% of holes. Breaking par is pretty darn important at the U.S. Open. And he's also the best on tour 
in par five scoring, which may not be as important at this golf course, which is a par 71 and not a par 72, but still something to hang your hat on there if you're Justin Thomas. And one final point, he is a major winner, winning at the 2017 PGA at Quail Hollow. Package that all together, and I like Justin Thomas a lot. By the way, in terms of betting, his odds are like really bad in terms of his rankings on the list here. Brooks, Rory, Tiger, Dustin Johnson, all these guys are way ahead of Justin Thomas. And I think the main concern is Vegas is worried about the wrist injury and all that. But I watched a video from Foreplay from Barstool. They were talking to Justin Thomas, and he was calm, cool, and collected. So I have him winning the U.S. Open. So just going off of my track record here, I had Hideki winning the Masters. He finished, like, inside the top 40. Then I picked Dustin Johnson to win the PGA. He finished in second place. And here we are at the U.S. Open, and I'm going with Justin Thomas. And then, of course, the Open Championship. You already know my answer on that one, Eldrick Tiger Woods will capture that championship at Port Rush. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the conclusion of the Tiger Woods podcast. By the way, making radio appearances across the country this week. Very excited to jump on with TSN out there in Vancouver, as well as Fox Sports Radio San Diego. Many other stops across the way. Track them all on my Twitter, at MrRogers99. And then one final plug, by the way, about my U.S. Open fantasy game. If you want in on the intensity, free entry, cash prizes, let me know on social media or email me, cam at believe.com, B-L-E-A-V dot com. Cam Rogers signing off for the Tiger Woods podcast. Let's get this done, folks. Major number 16. Come on, baby. Signing off here this week. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.